Hello, Dork Squad. I'm Jonathan Cormer, and you're listening to Dork Tales Storytime, the podcast for kids and their pop culture-loving grown-ups. And this is an inspiring story about a hidden hero of history. It's a beautiful day for a story, adventure and glory, new friends and old ones too. It's an excellent day to get swept away in a tale, so let us regale you. Um, sincerely yours, original T. Hedgehog. Ha! All right, that's done. Now it uh, goes in the envelope. Envelope. Ah! Cheers, fellow story lovers. We created a very merry version of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol about a of a man called Ebenezer Scrooge. For a small fee, you can support our podcast and get access to this exclusive bonus episode about cultivating joy and spreading holiday cheer all year long. Find a link in the show notes, or do a jig like good old Fezziwig and dance on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash dorktales. Send handwritten letters to all my friends. Aw, that's very sweet of you. (laughs) Well... I just like to send a little message from time to time. You know, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> hey, uh, what's this? Steal the ice cream from Jonathan's freezer. <laughs> oh, why don't I just uh, take that back from you? Hey, uh, let me take another look at that list. Ah, uh, don't you just love my stationery? The gold-foiled filigree. My name, written in calligraphy. Ooh, that rhymes. A Hedgehog Stationary Dreams. Yes, it uh, it is very distinguished. But what? what's that? Oh, this is the Reg is super awesome, very cool, and totally tubular stamp. Look, here's a little picture of me in my dashing sunglasses. <laughs> you remember those? You're on a stamp? I'm very popular. Right. Well, do you want to hear a new story today? I am very busy. I promised my friend, Pinecone the Mouse, that I would send him a letter with my latest thoughts on conifers. What if I told you this story would really give you something to write home about? You say that about most of your stories. And have I let you down yet? Come to think of it, no, you haven't. All right, mate, tell me a tale. Let's talk about the amazing 6888. Ooh, that sounds like a band of superheroes. Come to make the world better with their superhero powers. I mean, you're not far off. Really? Really? Do tell me more. All right. So the 6888. Wait! What? I just wanted to get my letter to Pinecone in front of me so I can take copious notes. He may want to hear about this. Excellent. Well, the 6888 was more formally known as the 6888th Central Postal Directory Battalion. Postal Directory? Did they do something with the mail? That's right. I'm sure you knew that because I've told you about the Postal Service, a part of the United States government that delivers mail across the country. Yes, you have shared tales of the mighty Postal Service— Delivering handwritten letters or the newest issue of your favorite comic. 
or a care package from home, and doing it all in rain, sleet, or snow. The 6888 was a battalion from the Woman's Army Corps. Uh, battalion? Sir, a battalion is a smaller group of military with anywhere from 300 to 1,000 soldiers, sir. Oh, uh, at ease, Jonathan. So the 6888 was part of the army? That's correct, Mr. Reg. Well then, what does this have to do with mail? Oh, don't worry, I'll get to that bit. So, when the original Woman's Army Corps was created, black women were not permitted to serve as part of the army. Hmm. What's up, Reg? So, this is another story that takes place in a time where individuals were left out of jobs and opportunities because of their race? Yes, unfortunately. But activists like Mary McLeod Bethune Civil rights newspapers and organizations fought for black women's rights to serve. They even appealed to Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady of the United States at the time. So they were allowed to enlist, or join, the army after all? Yes. However, segregation was still a problem. We've learned about this before. Segregation, for separation of groups of people because of race. That's right, Mr. Reg. So, black individuals were prevented from going to the same places as white individuals, like stores, lunch counters, and schools. And it would impact the army until 1948. And then, as a country, we would struggle with it even longer. Who I say. Yeah, I know, Reg. After pushing for the right to serve a battalion of 855 black women were sent to Europe for an incredibly important job during World War II. They had to take charge of delivering warehouses and warehouses and warehouses of letters and packages to the soldiers. So this is where the mail comes in. That's right. Uh, Jonathan, why do you say this was an incredibly important job? I mean... I don't deny its importance, but you make it sound so urgent. I don't know that I've ever needed a letter that badly. Hmm, how can I explain? Why don't we take a moment for our classic best friend daydream think? Uh, a, 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 a classic, a classic, classic what? J just go with it. Oh, uh, yes, I, I love these. Um, hold on. Uh, let me sit beside you and, uh, uh, oh, we, and then we can rest our heads in our palms and gaze out the window. Right. In position. Aye, aye, mate. Imagine for a moment that you're fighting in a war. That is a pretty frightening thought. You're not sure how long you'll be part of this war, or when you'll go home. War is a very serious... Scary and dangerous thing. And it's also very uncertain. Yes, so true. Now, imagine that somewhere out there, the people you love most are trying to get you a message. A present for the holidays. Or some other bit of cheer. But you'll never see them because there aren't enough military personnel to deliver those letters and packages to you. And remember, Reg, this was a time before there was texting, email, or social media. Oh my! You know, Jonathan, 
I understand what you mean now when you say incredibly important. I'm sure it was difficult for their morale, meaning they felt lonely, upset, and discouraged. That's why the 6888's official motto was, No male, low morale. A perfect motto. When the 6888 arrived in Europe, they faced a huge challenge. It would be their job to sort and deliver over 17 million letters and packages addressed to military personnel scattered across the continent. 17 million? That's right. This effort took an enormous amount of work and planning. The battalion was split into four companies, which is an army term for groups. Oh, let me get my pencil. I want to get this right in my letter. Four companies. The groups of women worked all day, seven days a week, in rotating eight-hour shifts. Eight-hour shifts? Each group sorted and processed approximately 65,000 pieces of mail per shift. Hold on. 65,000 pieces of mail? Let's see. Uh, eight hours makes 480 minutes. Uh, 65,000 divided by 480. I say! That's 135 pieces of mail per minute! Even more impressive when you consider that letters and packages were often missing important information. In some cases, they were even missing last names. No last names. Wait, some of them didn't have last names? Nope. A lot of the soldiers even shared the same name. I mean, there were apparently more than 7,500 Robert Smiths serving in Europe at the time. I... I'm at a loss for words. The 6888 were committed to their mission. Most folks in the military thought the project was a lost cause, but gave them six months to try. They worked day and night as a dedicated team, and guess what? What? They completed their assignment in just three months. In only three months? <gasps> what a feat! Tell me, who led this charge? I'm so glad you asked. The 6888 was led by Lieutenant Colonel Charity Adams, the first black woman to become a commanding officer of her own battalion. By the end of the war, she was the highest-ranking African-American woman in the army. Now she really sounds like a superhero. There was a lot of pressure for the 6888 to succeed. Many who opposed their inclusion in the army looked at this mission as a test of their capabilities and as a test of whether or not black individuals especially women, should be allowed to serve. They were faced with racism throughout their service. Well, they certainly proved the naysayers wrong, didn't they? And then some, Reg. Lieutenant Colonel Adams fought many battles for her troops. Early in their mission, a general went to inspect their work, telling Lieutenant Colonel Adams that he was going to send someone to show them how to do the job right. She replied... Over my dead body, sir. Way to go, Lieutenant Colonel. This was one of many times she would stand up for the women in the 6888. 
she spoke up for her troops when the Red Cross arranged for them to stay in segregated hotels, personally making sure her officers only stayed in integrated hotels. Amazing! Absolutely, Reg. But then the 6888 returned home in 1946 to no fanfare. (gasps) What? Unfortunately, they were not recognized for their incredible service at the time of their return. It took a few decades before they were celebrated as important members of the war effort. With many awards and recognitions, I hope. Yes, Mr. Reg, with the great respect they deserve. Wow, sorting 17 million letters and getting them out to individuals who desperately needed to connect with home. Including many Robert Smiths. A huge accomplishment, and a vital one. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Reg, you're in best friend daydream think position again. What's on your mind? Oh, you know, I'm just thinking about how sending my letters feels even more meaningful now. Oh, yeah? You were right yet again. This story is something to write home about. And also... It's a good reminder about how powerful it is to take the time to connect with others. That's true, Reg. Reaching out with a handwritten note can mean a lot in trying times. And in good times, too. You got that right. Well, I better be off to mail these right away, then. Pinecone will be thrilled to read about the 6888. Sounds good, Mr. Reg. I'll see you tomorrow. Ta-ta, Jonathan. (laughs) Oh, I wonder what just came through my mail slot. Ooh, a letter. Dear Jonathan, thank you for being my greatest friend and telling me so many wonderful tales about amazing individuals. I admire you more than my extremely stylish sunglasses, my super cool stamps, and my distinguished stationery combined. Sincerely, your most spectacular hedgehog best friend, Reginald. Aw, thanks, Reg. Uh, P.S. I did steal the ice cream in your freezer. Uh, But I needed it for a very important science experiment. Uh, No, that's not true. Better... I'll just cross that out. Uh, For dessert. (laughs) Uh, But never fear, mate. I'll deliver a new pint tomorrow. Oh, Reginald. Gotta love him. And his stationery. Hidden Heroes of History is a John in Character production. This story was written by Molly Murphy and performed by Jonathan Cormer. Sound recording and production by Jermaine Hamilton at Hamilton Sound Studios. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at dorktalestorytime at gmail.com. Find links in the show notes or go to dorktalestorytime.com. Now, go be the hero of your own story, and we'll see you next Once Upon a Time.
dork tales. Blood